0: Hi, guys. Just a quick note before we jump into this week's episode. Um, This is a trigger warning because in this week's episode, we talk about uh, suicide, trauma and violence. So if that's affecting you or anyone you know, please, please, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. You can chat with them or text them anytime. You're not alone and they're there to listen.
1: Hey there, welcome to Sunday Brunch, a conversation over coffee between friends where we discuss everything from foundation to food. This week we'll be deep diving, the art of donating. Is there a best way to donate and how can we ensure our efforts are efficient?
0: How's your week been? I just realized we need to change our intro because you hardly drink coffee anymore.
1: Yeah, but does much sound cute? No. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I like matcha.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to get back into it too, but there was one from T2 that I loved, which was a mint
1: one. I'll actually buy one from, I go to this, um, you know, at Chinatown, UN's that I go to, Yeah, that place, they sell um, uh, matcha. Mm. Um, I don't know. We'll just leave that.
0: We've just got some mic issues. Anyway, yeah. Shaking, <laughs> shaking um, pop screen yeah <laughs>
1: um but yeah there's a really really nice matcha powder from um UN's Chinese market that they it has no sugar in it or anything, oh, okay. which it makes it nicer because I just like it for the te- like the sort of it's not bitter but yeah the not sweet taste because some of the pre-mixed ones it's like having a hot chocolate that is got all yeah. the sugar in it and it just to me, defeats the purpose of why I like matcha.
0: Yeah, I don't think naturally I like tea.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I did either until I had a matcha latte. Then I was like, mm. yeah, but that's, yeah, I can I like, drink one of those, but it's different. Yeah, it is different. I do like Japanese green tea, but that's literally it.
0: Yeah, I love from that proper Japanese Mm -hmm. green tea, like when you're in Japan and drinking it, because Mm -hmm. I went over when I was 15 and I was drinking it and God bless my dad. I came back and I was like, dad, I had this green tea over there and I loved it. So he went out and tried to buy me something similar. And in (laughs) Maribor in 2010, you can imagine the range. (laughs)
1: Lipton green tea. It just was not the same. (laughs) And still
0: to this day, I've never really found anything
1: that is as perfect. I actually have green tea that I bought from Japan to here. Um, Okay. And it's good. Really good. It's my fave. Perfect. So yeah, green tea is maybe maybe we can be green tea girls. <laughs> green
0: tea and coffee. I'll never give up coffee, but that's well, a nice thought. I actually
1: had a coffee this morning. I probably have it once every two weeks.
0: Just that's just enough to get you through. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's more for the flavour than, than like the buzz it gives you, you know? Yeah. But how's your week been?
0: Um, uh, good. I think I started panicking a bit because I feel like the years like going mm-hmm. so quickly and now I'm basically back at uni, but that's fine. Yeah. I have this panic every time. So <laughs> what about you?
1: Yeah, good. Busy. Progress on the house. Yeah. Your driveway looks great. Yeah. it's looks very Euro. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... I don't know, not much else really. I've started watching Dynasty, but that's in we can talk about that and watching what we've been watching. I think what we forgot
0: to mention is that we went to dinner. Yeah, we did. Which so was we so nice. Up a lot,
1: which is good. I feel like we haven't done anything nice like that for ages. Yeah, because
0: we haven't been able to.
1: No. <laughs>
0: like, I mean, being in Queensland, we're still able to for now. And yeah. I kind of want to um, make hay while the sun shines because I'm mm-hmm. unsure how long our – our days without quarantine will last. So obviously I feel terrible for everyone in Melbourne and Victoria more extensively.
1: Mm -hmm. And slowly starting um, New South Wales. Yeah, there's heaps of hotspots there as well. So
0: I don't see how when our borders are open, Mm -hmm. it won't get to us. Mm -hmm. So for now I'm trying to be vigilant, but enjoying things. So we finally went to Mm -hmm. pizza on Tuesday night for our thousandth To celebrate our 1,000 followers, which we're now over a third of the way to the (laughs) 2,000 follower mark, but that's great. But it's fine. (laughs) Better late than never. And I think we spoke for about an hour and a half, which is significant considering we speak
1: for like two hours (laughs) every
0: Friday anyway. But yeah, that was nice.
1: Yeah, it was really good. I think just to be able to catch up properly without microphones yeah Mm. because like as much as we catch up here there's some things that you can't talk about everything on air no it's not not (laughs) people probably
0: wish we did yeah
1: (laughs) just for the drama yeah
0: we would probably get more ratings but not necessarily good ones
1: (laughs) (laughs) speaking of drama did you watch Bachelor in Paradise, yeah. I hate to be like bringing on drama, but I mean, yeah. I watched the first episode. My goodness, it's wild.
0: It's it's wild, but I'm annoyed.
1: Yeah. Did you see,
0: so we're recording this on Friday the 17th. Yeah. It started on July 15th, two so days ago.
1: Wednesday. I only watched Wednesdays. I haven't watched last night's, but I'll probably catch up on it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Well, I'll spoil it for you yeah, by saying fine. that Abby doesn't I get a rose. That out.
1: Yeah, that's Which
0: fine. I'm just like, Number one, I'm just sorry she wasted her time because yeah. looking around at those guys, there was no one there. No, there was even I'd be like, who is here yeah. that I'm attracted to? And I mean, like,
1: I mean, Jamie, like, hello. He's why is he there? He's I, 40? He's sixteen years <laughs> older than her. Yeah, and he. Oh my gosh, like he sounded like a massive creep. Like
0: I, I'm, I'm hesitant to rag on Jamie because I've no. heard him interviewed after the fact. Yeah, and he got a terrible edit. Yeah. He did get a really unfair edit, and a lot of people were saying that he's genuinely a really lovely guy. I
1: think the thing with that we always have to keep in mind with shows like that is they always characterize people, so yeah. they want to create more hype and drama than what actually exists. Yeah. So I do get it, but I do, I do think that the stage five clinger personality suits him a lot. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I mean he's even kind of owning that in yeah. in this series. I think
1: I think there's no better way to deal with things. to just own it like if he went and cried about it people would make it even a bigger deal out of it yeah
0: because people like to keep pushing people until they accept Mm -hmm. it and then it's old news and you don't get anything out of you don't feel any joy when someone when someone agrees with you yeah abby almost did that herself when she lent into her stereotyping from The original Matt season that she was on, yeah, but I just can't help but think that they put her on there for ratings, which they knew that she would get because her Mm. and Brittany Hockley are for sure the two most popular people on that show.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Some of the men, I, I could not pick them in a lineup.
1: Yeah. And then this morning on Facebook, I saw, like, I I don't even remember. I think it was from Mamma Mia. They did a post on, like, who is Glenn? Who is Glenn? Glenn seems lovely. (laughs) He seems great. I would go for Glenn at (laughs) this moment. I'm like, Glenn
0: is the number one pick (laughs) because he seems normal and lovely. (laughs) Yeah, And not surprisingly, Helena, who is also very beautiful and very lovely – seems to be sidling up with Glenn.
1: I think that they would be a great match. They
0: just both seem really like they don't want to live their life on Instagram.
1: Yeah, exactly. Britt
0: and Tim surprises me because Brit Brittany Hockley is very intelligent and I Mm. love her podcast, Life Uncut.
1: Oh, I haven't heard it. She's
0: great quality and she works in the medical profession. She works so hard. Mm -hmm. She's absolutely not an Instagram influencer. Neither is Abby Chatfield. She's got a degree as well. So I'm not saying that anyone there is there for likes because I think they've already got a following anyway, most of those people. The people that were going to make it have made it. Mm -hmm. The other Brittany that's there for the third time, Mm -hmm. she's probably not there for clout because... It's her third time through and it's, if it hasn't happened yet, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah,
1: she's she's an interesting character. I, I felt sorry for her. Yeah, I feel bad for her, but at the same time, she's just so wild. Like, but is she
0: or are they just getting her worst moments?
1: Maybe. And they
0: give them so much to drink. All they're yeah. doing on that island is drinking.
1: Did you notice the girl, oh, what's her name, she asked for a mocktail? And then it was like this really big deal of like, oh, you're going to have a mocktail. The mm. one that... um the what's his name kieran likes her jess cass is it oh cass Sa- okay her? maybe she uh, oh this is in the first episode she asked kieran because he asked her if she wanted a drink and she was like oh i'll have a mocktail and he was like oh a mocktail and like they really made a a big deal yeah, of it. whereas like i feel like if it had just been like a normal drink they wouldn't even no, like not at all because like they have so many recording minutes like why would they choose to put asking for a mocktail in there like it's clearly to try and justify that not they don't drink all day you know what I mean well
0: and they're also trying to prove to us that that doesn't fly well there yeah that it seems to be one big party yeah and I think Abby said in an interview today that she felt like the whole time she was at a party that she didn't really want to be at with people she felt intimidated by or uncomfortable around Mm -hmm. as a 15 year old and from the second those people walked there I thought this is exactly like being at a house party mm-hmm. and you don't know anyone, mm-hmm. but you sort of kind of know them off Instagram and you're just waiting for your friends to get there. Yeah. It's that yeah. awkward vibe, I and everyone's like, like walking around in little groups in high heels. Mm-hmm. And the it's guys like, are hanging out saying stupid things. It's
1: like, we don't actually walk around the beach in heels. Yeah. Hi, hello. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's not really being
0: themselves because they can't be. Whereas in the normal Bachelor format, at least no one knows each other. Yeah. So there's no awkward tension. Yeah. But here, a lot of the people were on the same season. So there's old rivalries, which mm-hmm. they love us to remember. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of not that interested in how it goes from here because...
1: Yeah. I sort of was like a bit keen to hear like what happened drama wise, but I'll probably just hear the like little bits on Facebook and I'll just keep up to date that way. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot. It's not worth the time. To keep up with it because there's not going to be that much to the story no
0: and you know what i actually think i'm going to end up watching farmer wants a wife which channel seven launched on the 15th as well to be direct competition Uh. and i don't think the the target audience audience rating points will beat Mm -hmm. out bachelor in paradise because bip is such a strong franchise Mm -hmm. and farmer wants a wife is a format that's been pulled from our screens for Mm -hmm. a few years so people that were almost a few years younger than we are might not even be overly familiar with it. Yeah. Um, but I really hope that they steal some of that share because I think it's a lot more wholesome and it's actually had a much better track record.
1: That's what I keep thinking about whenever, you know, I think you brought it up last week um, mm. to do with the track record of the two shows. Yeah. And I just keep thinking about like how true that is. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's a it's, lot more
0: wholesome and a lot more genuine.
1: Yeah. Most and I of the like time. That they all end up together.
0: Yeah. That's nice. Yeah.
1: Not other always, than that <laughs> i
0: i finally watched eat pray love on netflix
1: did you i haven't mm. watched it did you like it compared to the book
0: i really did yeah uh, i know a lot of people didn't but i think um that was probably people who maybe they didn't expect the movie to cut some bits out that the book included there's always yeah i, and I would cast myself as a diehard fan of the book because i mm-hmm. loved it um but there were probably a few narratives that were simplified or omitted. And one of them was quite a major one in um, Elizabeth Gilbert's third phase when she was in Bali. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the big social conversations there was about the fact that she had tried to give money to a a local woman to buy a house, but she had been dishonest with what she was doing with that money. Mm -hmm. And that was quite a pivotal moment in the book because she learnt a lot about the culture through that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was probably a moment of white... Um, white, I guess, privilege Mm. shining through that she sort of had to step back and realise what she was doing. Mm. Um, But in this film, she comes across as a lot more of a white saviour. So it's probably not super um, relevant for 2020 or super well-suited to 2020. Um, But I love... I love the storyline and I love Julia Roberts. So mm. it was always going to do well for me. It mm-hmm. was very long though. Yeah. I watched it over three nights because it's almost like it's more than two hours. So. Oh, wow. That's a long yeah. movie.
1: I feel like if a movie is more than an hour and a half, I can't do it in Me one neither. Night. It's too much.
0: No, but it was nice to kind of flip on while I was cooking dinner because mm-hmm. obviously I knew the plot. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't like, needing to concentrate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But I still really enjoyed it and the soundtrack's lovely and the message is really I beautiful. I feel
1: like with movies, unless the movie's been turned gone to a book from a movie which is not normally the case but yeah. I feel like you can never expect for the full detail of the book to go into the movie because you can't um put across the characters like in a book you can read the character's thoughts yeah in a movie they have to try and express it in a different way you yeah can't, unless they actually do like monologue sections which doesn't make the movie very good yeah that's
0: not yeah that's a bit more um Brechtian than we normally see on our screens yeah
1: exactly so I think that like you always have to expect that the movie is always going to be a little bit different to the book, and and going in with that expectation, you can never really be too disappointed, you know. Yeah, I agree. But if you go in with, like expecting it to be as good as the book, then you know that's why I just never read books. So oh, there you, there you have it, people. That's that's the way never to be disappointed. <laughs> and you said that you've started watching Dynasty. Yeah. So I finished. Do we have we talked about the rest of the? I think we talked about the rest of um, what is it called? The girls, the three girls. Bold type. I, bold type. We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we've talked extensively yeah. about that. So today, so, the
0: last episode will come out. The
1: last of the season? I think it's oh the season gosh. finale. Oh, I can't handle I'm not going to be able to wait, like, a whole year for the next season. Well, they keep
0: doing mid-season breaks yeah. this was all season four. I had that wrong. I thought we yeah. were in – I thought season three ended with Sutton's wedding, but that was just – Before mid-season break,
1: because of Corona, they had to stop filming. Okay, because normally they pre-film the whole thing and upload it all at once, and we can binge-watch. But we can't. But yeah, I've been watching Dynasty, which is on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Have you watched it?
0: I started it, and I thought it was trash.
1: It is trash, but I love it. Okay, so maybe (laughs) I need to persevere. Maybe I. It's a bit like um, I don't even know what kind of show to compare it to. I know that Gossip Girl, but older people. Yeah, but then even more. More than Gossip Girl in the sense that the people are maybe worse. Yeah, like, you know how That's in Gossip why I hated Girl it's it. justified because they're teenage. Like, yeah. they're meant to be teenagers. That's whereas true. They're like thirty-year-olds being children. Yeah, but then at the same time they're really rich. So you're just like, oh, it's alright. But then at the same time it's not alright. Yeah, that makes it worse because they're just yeah. entitled and they know it. But I really, I don't know why. I think um, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't love the way that they behave I mm. think that's like really bad but I really just like the drama and the family dynamic and like they're awful to each other like for a family I would never want my family to be like that and I'm so glad it's not yeah but like it makes me sort of sympathize with their characters too once you learn more about them that you know the dad's not really that good of dad he's just he's actually trying to compete with his own children yeah and then it it is sort of sad and then you sympathize with them mm. and it's always like a different kind of character that you feel bad for or like that you don't like yeah but I do really like it the show in general because the fashion is just great. <laughs> so,
0: you know what? Everything you're saying reminds me exactly of the HBO series Succession that I've already spoken about. Yeah. So, if you feel like you want to I wouldn't say level up because that sounds rude yeah. and arrogant, but I don't mean level up in terms of intellect. Mm. Level up in terms of less sugary. Yeah. Not so much about the fashion,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but entitled stupidly wealthy American family drama with a very powerful dad competing with his children and no character that you constantly like because you're either feeling sorry for them or you're hating them in Mm -hmm. constant flux, you need to watch Succession. Yeah, I
1: feel like I should.
0: So I should probably watch Dynasty because I know now from what you've said that the plot line seems similar. It's just that maybe the dialogue isn't as complex or the plot lines aren't as as nitty gritty. I think so. But the theme seems similar.
1: It's definitely... Like, I think you'd like it. You just have to get into it. But yeah. But you might, it probably won't be your favorite. It'll just yeah. be like a good thing you can watch when there's nothing to watch, you know? Yeah.
0: So it's a sugary,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a sugary, silly version of mm-hmm. Succession, we want to mm-hmm. say.
1: Yeah, I would okay. say. Not that I've watched Succession, but I'll watch it next and i Yeah, confirm. yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm nearly at the end of like the last season of Dynasty because I've I watched all the seasons already because I think it's been out for three years yeah it has been out for a while because I
0: tried it a significant amount of time ago yeah
1: and I think that like they probably could have stopped it by now and it would have just been a good show that's always the case yeah but I'm also fine that it's still coming on because like I I always need trash tv to watch when I'm doing like chores (laughs) yeah so I'm fine with it (laughs) good
0: to have on in the background yeah and then
1: I think I told you when we had dinner, but I'll just say it for the podcast sake is Dark Waters. No,
0: you've spoken about it last oh, week, I did. love.
1: Oh, I'm just too passionate about Tia it. Tia threw out her Teflon yeah, this week. I chucked it all out. So that's why it's still front of mind.
0: Yeah. So if you haven't watched Dark Waters yet and you're still eating off dodgy Teflon, don't reconsider. Yeah, please don't. I'm just, I'm just way too passionate about mm, it now.
1: That's good. <laughs> but what have you watched?
0: Um, I, I've, oh, as I said, Eat, Pray, I watched love. Eat, Pray, Love. I've listened to a few good podcasts. Yeah. Um, I love Pandora Sykes. She's one half of the amazing podcast, The Hilo, which is out of the UK. I've spoken about it before. Her and her friend Dolly Alderton – um, do it every week. And they yeah. talk about the highest part of culture and the lowest part of culture. So it's 50-50. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. They read a lot. They're prolific readers and they're amazing writers. So mm-hmm. their take on everything is very poised and very well-considered and mm-hmm. they're funny. Mm-hmm. She was on Shameless's last In Conversation episode yesterday, so the mm-hmm. 16th of July. And I was starstruck when it popped up in my podcast feed <laughs> because I I just love Pandora Sex like so much. Right. <laughs> so I couldn't, number one, I was like, this is great for these two Australian podcasters to be nabbing Pandora Sykes. And to be fair, Pandora Sykes has a book dropping next week. So Mm. she's probably doing the loop a fair bit at the moment. Yeah. But it was a really great listen. And she gave some really great advice for people trying to break into the the writing field at the moment. So Mm. if that's you, make sure you listen to that. Because she was very honest with what you need to do to Mm. make it as a journalist or a writer in 2020. Particularly if you're looking for not necessarily soft news, but fashion or culture.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Another thing I listened to was the free Britney episode of After Work Drinks, which came out on the 15th of July. Mm -hmm. And it was all about how Britney Spears' father is her conservator. Mm -hmm. So he has a conservatorship, which means that he has control over her financially.
1: Yes. In terms of her social media,
0: she really can't be leaving the house. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think she has a long-term partner who she actually can't decide if she wants, if she can marry him or not. She can't decide that.
0: She had to go to, I'm not sure, it might have been rehab because she was found driving with him.
1: Really? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she's not even allowed to decide if she can have a kid or not.
0: No, she's not. Well, she can't even see her kids because her father apparently allegedly abused one of her two sons. So it's a very messy, and it sounds silly, it sounds it's got funny. Got to do with her breakdown back in twenty um, yeah, seven two thousand and seven. So yeah. that he stepped in. Then I think for a while we've all yeah. been like poor Britney, and we've been laughing at her almost. But this is so serious that someone can be controlled so fully and so legally mm-hmm. by someone.
1: But I can't believe that even now that she's like proven that she's back on track, basically.
0: But has she? Because her social yeah, media says that true. she's so up and down.
1: But it's so hard to know, like, is she up and down because she doesn't have control over her own mm-hmm. life or is she up and down because... She's
0: unwell. She's, yeah. Who yeah.
1: And it's hard to know because she doesn't have any control over yeah. her own life, really. So even
0: what she posts has to be approved. And I'm thinking, are they approving her doing these rants because they want us to think that she's mentally unwell, yeah. so therefore the conservatorship is valid? Mm-hmm. It's so messy. And like I said, at the surface level, it sounds silly that we're even talking about it, but it just really blows my mind that mm. a woman in her 30s, I'm assuming, yeah. is allowed to be controlled in in so many ways by mm. her father.
1: I think that the difficult thing is in a situation like that, yes, okay, it's good that she has someone from her family, like her dad, to be that person mm. who who's meant to know her really well and be able to control what she's doing like in the best way possible I mean but in saying that it's also like is he being too protective and he because he's her dad mm. should it be somebody who's a third party who is unattached yeah, that isn't who, benefiting exactly,
0: financially from her yeah
1: so I think it, it's a, like a I think yes okay family sounds like a good op, like a really good option but at the same time is family the best option mm. when how do you know that he's not and I'm not saying this to try and throw accusations but you don't know somebody's intentions like how do you know he's not doing it because he's happy to be in control of her and then her finances whereas somebody who's a third party who's not benefiting would be looking out for the well-being of her yeah and i'm pretty sure she wouldn't even be able to get a lawyer to fight her father because he's like she just wouldn't have any control yeah and why would her father give up the reins he just wouldn't exactly there's no benefit for him doing that you know. know, he's
0: winning at the moment and she's losing everything. Yeah. So that's very messy. Um, My educational and awareness shout out for the week was actually from the Daily Talk Show. So they're a talk mm-hmm. show that produces a podcast every day out mm-hmm. of Melbourne and it was episode mm, – no, it's definitely not 79 because they're up to the 600s. So maybe just Ooh. look for the one that came out on Tuesday, but it's called Heath Davidson on Acceptance and Doubt mm-hmm. and Heath Davidson is an Australian tennis player – yeah. who is in a wheelchair right. and he has played with Dylan Alcott and mm. they've won gold at the Olympics and doubles together. Wow. And he is beyond inspirational. That's so cool. He basically talked about how accepting your life is the first step to moving forward. Mm-hmm. He of all people is probably one of the people who has the most reason to not want to accept mm. what happened to him. He um, lost his ability to walk when he was five months old. Wow. So life has been harder for him than definitely has been for me. Mm. And to hear him speak so openly and honestly about the power of acceptance and optimism Mm. was really revolutionary. And I think that if, if he can have that mindset, then there's no reason I should ever feel yeah. Like anything less than one of the most fortunate people on the planet. Mm, so I think that's probably something we can all listen to. And he definitely focuses on ability and about how um, when he first started playing tennis, no one in Melbourne was really able to coach a boy in a wheelchair. But how yeah. now anywhere you go, there'll be someone who knows someone who can help you yeah. and who can coach you and mentor you. Because yeah. our our para-athletes are becoming just as commercially viable mm-hmm as every other athlete. Mm-hmm. And that's a gap that is closing. And I think that is so worth celebration because if anything, I think he's more amazing than anyone else because yeah. he had all the reasons to not, stop.
1: Yeah. And to not succeed in what yeah. he was doing. He had every yeah. excuse
0: under the sun. So for me, that was just really inspiring and I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, And I'm still reading Exciting Times by Nisha Dolan, but mm-hmm. oh my Lord, is it an amazing book or what? Like I'm more than halfway
1: and it's, is it a big book then? No. Oh,
0: I don't know. It might be significant. It's hard, hard on a Kindle. Kindle. <laughs> I just never know. Um, but I just have found it beyond hilarious. And I think that a lot of her writing might be slightly heavier to interpret in some mm-hmm. ways just because um, there's a few Irish things similar mm-hmm. to grown-ups so where you're like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. But Google it and yeah. it'll be fine. Um, she has some amazing one-liners that you kind of go, how did that even come out of your brain? Because you've nailed exactly how I felt a million times before. Um, And more than that, it's just hilarious. So there was an excerpt that I think I... Did I send that excerpt to you?
1: Maybe. But Um, I'm going
0: to read it out anyway. So this is a text that she's trying... That she's considering sending to the guy that she's kind of seeing. And she says you still put more time and energy into showing you don't love me than anyone has ever put into showing me that they do. Sometimes I love you. And sometimes I think it would be best if a plane flew into your office and you were on the plane or in the building.
1: (laughs) Just saying it how it is. So
0: absolutely everyone, you need to read that book. So funny. (laughs) I'm loving it. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: Also, um, I watched a couple of YouTube videos this week. Oh, tell us. Um, so, sorry, girls. One of the girls has been renovating her house that she bought, mm-hmm. and she just did um, one of her fine, like one of her specific room reveals slash process of how she did it mm-hmm. um, for the bathroom. Similar
0: to Sarah's day renovation yeah. series, maybe
1: it's similar, but um, it's different because. They're turning it. She's turning her place into a duplex, Mm -hmm. so it's um like a three like it's a two-story um slim sort of townhouse. Like imagine like in Sydney those um, oh like a terrace house, terrace house that one, um with a basement basement below, and she's getting the floor level and the basement and turning the top level into a separate living. So Mm. from the entrance coming in, that will be like a shared hallway, and then you have two separate entryways in there and it's really cool what she's doing. Cause she lives in Canada and rent over there is really expensive. Mm-hmm. And so she's just looking on how she could own a place realistically with her income and all this stuff. Cause I mean, I think they make a bit from YouTube, but also like, you know, YouTube incomes, not everything. In it's a not way. stable yeah, and it's exactly. not enduring necessarily. Yeah. So she, what she's doing is really cool. And yeah, so she's got a series. They started like, I think she started last year it's just finishing like now so it's taken a long time longer than what I think she even thought Mm. but that's a really cool series and then also I don't know if I've mentioned her before but she this um YouTube channel called Downshiftology
0: yeah you have yeah
1: and she so basically sort of on the category of my pot and pan craziness Mm -hmm. but um she did a video on pots and pans that is really interesting because she's a very realistic person Mm. and she's very rational and she has reasons for everything. And she's not like she's – I think she's very good at being balanced in how she um, does health, like a healthy lifestyle, Mm -hmm. um, to me anyway. Um, And the way that she talks about things is what convinced me to change all my – kitchenware but um (laughs) moving on from that she does really good meal prep videos oh good so um and it's it's like how you can make so you prep like just say 10 separate ingredients, but then how you can turn that into like different meals,
0: yeah. Because everyone gets so sick of eating the same lunch exactly. by Friday,
1: yeah. So it's really good because then you don't have to make one bowl, one thing of bolognese and eat that for a week, yeah. you just prep separate ingredients and you can turn that into like Vietnamese rolls or like a salad bowl or you know, in all these ways, which is really cool. And she does, um, I think she just did one for like this last, so she does one like every sort of season. Mm. So like autumn, winter. So yeah. So I really
0: like that. Yeah, it's really that's cool. That's a good idea. On yeah. a very similar theme, I want to um shout out to an Instagram page that's just started called Alicia Grace dot preloved mm-hmm. on Instagram. And it's for sustainable clothing purchases. So mm-hmm. Alicia Alicia lives on the coast and she is putting up really lovely pieces mm-hmm. and you just have to DM sold and message her for payment and then that will arrive at your doorstep. So it's amazing because I think it shows that we need to be more open-minded about recycling clothes and the idea of – fast fashion being slowed down mm-hmm. um but it's also good because it's a way to create a community and I think if more people did this you know like even if you and I shared our wardrobe yeah we'd double our wardrobe
1: definitely you know like I and don't ever think like that clothes. yeah exactly <laughs> and I
0: never I never think like that yeah but I think it's a way that we need to change our mindset and mm-hmm because so much more is possible, not just for ourselves personally, Mm -hmm. in terms of how much we've got in our wardrobe, but in reducing waste. So I would definitely follow that if you're keen, there's a lot of beautiful dresses and bits and pieces on that.
1: And I also think like on that, and then this is also sort, sort of leads into donating, but also donating things that you don't need. Yeah. Because I think that it's really good things that are still, I think it's good to donate things that um, people in need can have access to because mm. i know that there's everybody can thrift um yeah but then you can also donate things to just like women's shelters mm. like we're girls so we would donate to women's shelters. yeah but i know there's also share like the dignity and things shelters, like that and then they don't actually have to try and pay for things they can just have access to it yeah at, and i think that's, that's um safe.
0: that's a better idea as well because they're just getting it straight up whereas In some of the op shops close to the city, there are beautiful brand name pieces that the likes of you and I would go in and get, and that's hundred
1: percent. It's great, but like we don't need it. They price them. still cheap because it's an op shop yeah but it's not necessarily accessible for well
0: everybody. yeah if if something camilla goes for 60 dollars, that's cheap but for someone that is living below mm-hmm. the poverty line mm-hmm. that is ridiculous so yeah. you're right in that suburb by suburb op shops and charity stores can fluctuate with their goods and prices and sometimes it's best cutting out the middleman um yeah. which sounds harsh because people like you and i would still frequent an op shop and those op shops are run by charities so those people still the ultimate goal is still achieved that good still happens because people are donating by way of getting those clothes but the people in need that need those clothes Mm -hmm. might not be getting them so that's why going straight to a source is good but that was a good segue because this week we are talking about donating to charities yeah and this is something that we've done wanted to do for a while but i think the time is right now because there's obviously a few things that feed into the idea of donating right now during the period of economic contraction that we're currently experiencing, the concept of donating to charity is pretty Mm two-pronged. And I say that because, firstly, the population has less expendable income in general. Mm -hmm. And secondly, even during a pandemic, charities still need support. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've been trying to keep in mind that, while I myself might have less stability than I ever thought this time last year was possible, there are still charities unrelated to coronavirus that still rely on annual donations from people. Yeah. But it's hard to elicit that support when most people are kind of scared financially yeah. and I think uh, there's a problem in asking people for money right now mm-hmm. when it's almost insensitive to do so, but mm. then that charity misses out. So it presents a unique issue because how can we get
1: the most mileage out of our money when it comes to supporting charities? Mm. Because sometimes I think one thing that you also don't know is I know the charities have a lot more than just donating to the cause. They have Mm. people who work for them who obviously add to the cause, but not as much money might not go to the end result, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it
0: depends on the charity and what they need.
1: Yeah. But
0: historically, Australians have a very interesting approach to donating, and Mm -hmm. this was highlighted really well in a Sydney Morning Herald article. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of these stats are a little bit outdated just because a lot of the charity information hasn't really moved beyond 2017. Um, but basically what they've found is that when you look at Australia's tax returns, that's a really good way to judge, mm-hmm. um, charities are heavily reliant upon donations from the super wealthy in terms of bequeathing in Australia. But these mm-hmm. donations are sensitive to stock market variations. Yeah. So in a year like 2020 when the stock market is ping-ponging... Yeah. Yeah. It might not be a time where a lot of people are willing, a lot of wealthy people have a lot of excess money that they're Mm -hmm. willing to donate. Mm -hmm. So that's one way that it's going to fall behind. Yeah. This was really interesting and it's a bit of a paradox, but middle to low income earners actually donate a higher proportion of their income to charity.
1: Mm -hmm. I know my parents have a few places that they donate money to. Yeah. I'd say we're middle yeah. Middle class. Yeah. But
0: there are, this is really interesting. So from 2017, just sorry, from 2014 to 2015, 40% of people with a taxable income of over $1 million made no tax deductible donations.
1: That's pretty crazy.
0: Almost half of the people with a taxable income of more than $1 million made no tax deduction for charity. Yeah. So that but really then, makes you think.
1: But then 60% did. So you can't, you know, be mad at everybody. <laughs> it's just some of them.
0: Yeah, but forty percent is a, it's lot. a lot. It's, it's that a significant. Lot. Um, when they looked at occupations, police and emergency workers claimed the highest percentage of charitable tax deductions, mm-hmm. which made sense to me because I think people in our emergency services are on the coal face of life. They mm. they are seeing people in all walks of life be cut down. By things that can happen to anyone at any time mm. uh, so i guess people in those fields of work as well but p- potentially a little bit more civically minded mm-hmm. and a little bit more sensitive mm-hmm. women gave away a large proportion of their wage but mm-hmm. men donated more overall which mm-hmm. speak volumes about the pay inequality because yeah. to me that reads that if i'm giving away 20 percent, but someone else is giving away I'm not going to do the maths, but yeah. if I'm giving away something that's equivalent to 20% and, and someone else's income, what they're getting, what they're giving away is more then it means that they're obviously earning more. Mm-hmm. So but obviously also, women are being more charitable because they're giving yeah. away more of what they've got.
1: Yeah. But it's also hard to know because some women, like I know myself, like I probably won't work as much in the future when I have kids. Mm like just because so it's like some women it's not necessarily a uh, like a pay gap in the job that they're working in it might be the career that they've chosen or yeah. the amount that they've worked because it doesn't speak for all women in all industries mm. it just speaks for just women yeah you know that's what true I mean? and I know there are fluctuations so in to, a
0: woman's career that men yeah. don't have to account for usually
1: but sometimes interestingly enough I think sometimes men now are taking the paternal leave or taking the, you know, doing that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that, work from home dads. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. I think is a really great um, societal um, change that we've had. Yeah. Um, so it's more balanced, you yeah.
0: know? Yeah, but still, like, it is scary if women it's are giving different. away a larger proportion of their income and that's yeah. still less than what men are giving away. I'm like, you're right. Yeah. Like, but maybe also it is. it's
1: different because I know for me, the income that I earn doesn't go towards bills. You know that's what I mean? That's true. So the income In I earn... In a very homogenous
0: heterosexual household yeah i can see how that would be happening
1: yeah so it depends on the it obviously depends on every family and situation and everything but i know for myself like i have more income to actually be able to have um disposable income to use for whatever i choose which could be you know donating or whatever yeah so it does depend on the situation for different people i'm not sure
0: People over 65 tended to give more, which again is interesting because they're probably living off their superannuation. Yeah. So they've got a limited amount of funds.
1: But they're also like, you know, the sweet old ladies. They're sweet because they
0: under- they've they seen life and yeah. they know
1: who needs help. I think that's probably what it is, is just having that life experience, like the first um, the responders. The first responders. Yeah, yeah. Same sort of thing.
0: There's also a downward trend in giving thanks to slowed wage growth and yeah. decreased consumer confidence. And COVID's just going to make that exponentially worse and the
1: thing is it's slowed wage growth but then inflation still happens yeah so it's not it's wages should go up with inflation but they're not um and if they were maybe it would actually be a better situation for everybody but i think that the slowed wage growth means that we're actually getting poorer because everything's still going up in price.
0: So if anyone wanted to study first-year economics, you don't need to. You just listen to what Tia said and you've basically, (laughs) you've understood all of the $800 that I paid to do that unit in 30 seconds. You're welcome.
1: I'm not really that good. (laughs) But that's
0: the gist of it. That is the gist. Around the world, donating to charity is prioritised, of course, differently in each nation. Tia, Mm -hmm. without looking at the notes, could you have guessed what, Country topped the 2017 CAF World Giving Index?
1: Well, I did see it. <laughs>
0: but it wasn't what you expected. So what would no. you have thought?
1: Um, well, what okay, CAF World Giving Index. Is that people giving money?
0: Yeah, so just like it wasn't just giving money. They, they are an index for giving money, volunteering time, helping a stranger. So I across probably, all those things, what country do you think did the best?
1: I probably would have thought... A con- does it count people living in that country like volunteering? what yeah so
0: what country is you most are- charitable in the world
1: oh, i really couldn't say i'd say that i don't even know if this is the right way to say it. i'd say that africa would receive the most no what who gives most who, gives the who most? is the most charitable i think based on like the where you see the countries based in the world if that makes sense i would say america Mm. just because they're the biggest i think biggest population or china is china the biggest or america i think
0: china and india are are bigger Bigger, but india is a developing country and china is a relatively developing if not somewhat developed country yeah um i would have thought the u.s too based on amounts of disposable income and
1: it's also just based on what like that they're a developed country yeah like they're very developed
0: I would have thought we would have been quite high and we were but number one was Myanmar so, so
1: is that in China
0: no it's a country okay. so it's not in China this but it's is, near this China my real
1: geography yes yeah. <laughs>
0: yep so Myanmar is a country that actually notoriously has really positive I think it's one of the blue zones Yeah, so it's a really positive area in the world because Mm -hmm. across the blue zones dimensions, they scored really, really highly. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't have considered it the country to top this index.
1: But also, I don't really know. As my reaction shows, I don't really know much about Myanmar in general. Yeah, but if it was a super wealthy country, you would have known
0: about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but. It's actually less surprising when you think about the religious dynamics of the country. So Mm. 80 to 90% of the population are practicing Buddhists and Mm -hmm. the majority of these Buddhists are practicing the Theravada branch. Mm -hmm. And under that branch of the religion, most people donate to support people living in monastic lifestyles Mm -hmm. because that's an important ritual mm-hmm. so that's why they donate so much money
1: do this is gonna sound silly but do buddhists believe in like karma and that sort yeah. of stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah so also that's also, why it's sure
0: yeah that's why it's religious and then <laughs> and typically they're a very loving religion yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's why they're giving so much money mm-hmm. second was indonesia and third was kenya
1: see like It surprises. Well, Kenya maybe not because there's a lot of people there who I think a lot of charities are based there. Yeah, but then then that
0: makes me think that the people that are based there are also in need and therefore not able to give.
1: Yeah, true. So the whole thing surprised me. The charity is based there. Does that?
0: No, it's where the people are giving the most. Mm-hmm.
1: So where the people, what people yeah. in what countries are giving the most to help others. See, it surprises me that Indonesia's in the list, but then at the same time doesn't, because obviously my mom's Indonesian mm. and she knows a lot of people there. And my mum's a very charitable person. She
0: is. She really is.
1: And she knows a lot of people there who work in charities. Your mom knows everyone did. in Indonesia. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <much>. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Indonesia's a big place. Probably not. No, she but, knows more. But, um... She knows a lot of people who work in charities and I do know that there's a lot of like orphanages and yeah like it's just those sorts of things that I guess count to being generous and donating and all Yeah of that so sort of you stuff. think
0: that in places that are maybe a little bit more developing being able to see people in mm. need out in the open exposes that you need to donate more yeah whereas in australia if you live in um most the majority of suburbs are pretty nice pretty yeah. safe we are probably then,
1: not seeing it as much and then we also have things like government support so we you don't know, you don't you don't think about people being as much in need because they're getting support from our government whereas yeah. some countries aren't as fortunate to have that yeah. sort of support yep um, and
0: I do think like we still have um, a rising homelessness issue oh, and we know that before this job keeper and job seeker payment came in yeah. people were actually living below the poverty line but even mm-hmm. there's discussions around that now about how they're hoping to actually raise that. Yeah. Cuz this has been a massive red flag where people have gone this is the support that we kind of needed all along. Yeah. So you're right we have a government that responds to that so maybe people that are less informed don't see the need yeah. as much and again it comes back to what mm. work what work you do because it- if you're a corporate city slicker only dealing with other corporate city slickers, you're probably not seeing poverty. But Mm -hmm. I know a lot of first responders or government workers working in our hospitals or Mm -hmm. our schools can see poverty. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe they're a little bit more aware of the need to donate.
1: And also I think that here our focus on donating um, isn't so much to do with like donating to, and I'm not sure, I can't speak for everybody, but the things that first come to mind when somebody says, oh, who are you going to donate money to? It's like, oh, breast cancer Mm. or... um, like what are the other things you know ovarian cancer like different funds to actually help people's health because we're not thinking about oh like what about water domestic violence victims because or water or shelter or shelter, water or shelter yeah. all those sorts of things it's, yeah and okay yeah maybe domestic violence does come to mind just thinking about it again but it's just one of those it's a things. relatively
0: new thing though exactly. a lot of people weren't aware yeah. of how much it was happening because I
1: wasn't even aware. a
0: few decades ago mm-hmm. it was it was legal for a man to rape his wife. It's like, crazy. So it, these are things that change. And I think and- you're right with the Cancer Council idea because um, cancer, I guess, impacts everyone around the world. Yeah. But we live in a country where it's expected that people have a roof over their heads. Yeah. So why would we donate to a homeless shelter? Yeah, exactly. You know, like with your blinkers on, that's really easy to understand. And cancer is something that we think, let's give our money to that because um, – there's a likelihood that maybe that's where our money will mm-hmm. need to go because we assume that those basic needs are already ticked off.
1: And I think a lot of people um, have been impacted by it in some way or another. Like Cancer, somebody yeah. who they know has been either had it or, you know, it's just somewhere they're like, you just, I I know some somebody who's had it and I'm pretty, I find it pretty hard to imagine that none of my doesn't. friends yeah. who, have, who don't know anybody. So it's something that is very close to home, whereas like, We've been very fortunate never to experience homelessness Mm. or anything like that. So that's not something that first hits us, whereas someone else who has, that's the first thing that they would think to donate money to. Yeah
0: any almost in any in in a lot of capital cities in Australia you don't have to roam far to find a water fountain where you can get water for free
1: exactly
0: and we've you know where you and I live we live along the waterfront and I don't know how many water fountains would be between you and I and we live about three kilometers away Mm -hmm. and our dogs can drink from that as much as they want and in developing nations around the world children don't have that. No. And you're so right. We would never think like, let's donate to make sure people have access to clean drinking water. Yeah, And I'm sure there are actually places in Australia that need that. Mm-hmm. But because you and I have always had it, mm-hmm. literally always, it's just not something we think to donate to. That's why to. I think
1: brands like, you know, thank you. Yeah, That's why I think brands like that They're are awesome. great because they give you what you need. And at the same time, you're helping um, developing countries get access to things like clean water and mm. soap and basic things that we have that we actually are helping by donating to a cause without even thinking about it, which, I mean, you have to think about it to pick that item. It's more expensive than a normal Coles brand bottle of water, but still buying buying a bottle of water that costs an extra 50 cents and you're helping somebody, that's awesome. They're not for profit too. So the
0: difference in the price is going directly to people in need and you can track it because they've got that ID code on the back. So So thank you is great.
1: Even things like that, that you do that, you know, to you, it might, you might be like, oh, I'm saving 20 cents by getting this other one. Well, actually by spending the extra 20 cents, you're helping somebody else and doing little things like that can really help. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. I think as well, um, Australia ranked list sixth on that list, which pretty good. For it's not that bad. bad. Uh, the U S and New Zealand were between us. So oh, okay. New Zealand is even smaller, but they're, yeah. they're amazing at everything. So that's absolutely I mean, expected prime minister <laughs> yeah so out of the statistics Australians are more disposed to help a stranger than they are to donate money mm-hmm. and are even less likely to volunteer their time it surprises me that we are more willing to help a stranger than we are to give our money but i'm happy about that
1: yeah yeah because
0: that i when i think about the australian spirit helping the underdog is what it's epitomized as so yeah. that's really nice i'm not surprised that we're not giving our time through volunteering because i think we're all becoming time poor and yeah. our work hours are creeping up I sad think, but true
1: i think unless you really are working part-time or something like that it is really difficult yeah and running a household and all these kinds or like of things even me yeah. working
0: part-time and studying my time is filled up with part-time work and studying yeah that equals almost 100 mm-hmm. so it is hard and also if you want to volunteer for christmas time i looked into it last year Um, And I was too late. Things had booked out. So if you want to volunteer for those big, big ticket volunteer times, you need to get ahead and book it in early. Whereas it's so I ended up just giving a donation of money because that was I could do that from my couch. And it's a lot easier if you have some money to spare, which Mm -hmm. not everyone does. Mm -hmm. Um. But, it's but even donating
1: l- things like canned goods yeah. so people can make hampers for – like canned goods can be quite cheap. But Yeah, from Audi, they're
0: a couple of cents.
1: But people for people who are really in need, it makes all the difference that they can have a meal on Christmas. Yeah, you know? and
0: as our stats here prove that we've found, the people who are actually like low to middle income earners mm-hmm. who – obviously, if you're a middle income earner in Australia, you're probably not struggling. But if yeah. you're a low income earner in Australia and you're donating more than the people who earn the mega bucks mm-hmm. That's amazing Mm -hmm. because, and it's probably because you understand what it's like to, at some point in your life, have been needing someone's generosity and you are willing to pay that forward for the next person. Mm -hmm, So I think that's lovely. Developed countries are more likely to donate money and developing countries are more likely to donate time. Exactly Mm -hmm. like what we just said. If you don't have money, you might be able to give time. Mm -hmm. If you do have money, maybe you can't give time. So it might be an inverse relationship. Mm -hmm. So this got us thinking, how can we donate effectively to charities given the current climate and mm-hmm. making sure that we're being sensitive? Mm-hmm. And Forbes has a really good article that came out in 2014 by mm-hmm. Nicholas Christoph and Cheryl Dewan. And we'll link all these, but yeah. um, they talk about five easy ways to make sure that you donate effectively. Mm-hmm. Number one was to find an issue that draws you in and research it,
1: mm-hmm. which sounds basic, but... You want to make sure you pick the right charity to give the money to. Like what I said before, you don't know what percentage is actually going to the cause and what percentage goes to the running costs. And it's not to say that charities aim to have high running costs because they actually want to help people. That's the point of them. But it's really good if you can maybe give the money directly to somebody who's going on a trip to – I know one of our family friends goes and um, builds clean water filter systems in Cambodia. Mm. And so for me, giving the money to them – is a much more worthwhile to me because I know that all that money goes directly yeah. to them because they're using their own money to fund the trip Yep. and like from their own income. And then anything else goes towards helping, which yeah. I think for me that makes more sense than going through. an. I know organizations are great because they're mm. a structured way to be able to get help everywhere because mm-hmm. not all of us can't do everything, you know, no, exactly. But I think for me, having a direct source where I know like 100% of the money goes to the people in need. I feel a lot better with myself for doing that than maybe only 10% going to it.
0: Yeah. And I think they they recommend making a donation as equivalent to making a big purchase. So Mm. really, you wouldn't buy, I wouldn't buy a hair straightener without looking at reviews. I don't buy a serum without looking Mm. at reviews. So if I'm going to give my money towards a charity, I'm certainly going to do the same. Yeah. The next one, which I think is Really important, and I've thought this for a while, it sounds a little bit counterproductive, but narrow your giving. Mm -hmm. So it's more efficient for you and for the causes that you support if you pick one to five donations a year Mm -hmm. rather than 100. Yeah. Because you're giving them more at a time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it makes more of a difference to them. And yeah. And they have more money to help
0: yeah. others. Yeah. So narrow your field. Um, look for the verifiable impact. As Tia was just saying before, look for statistics about how many numbers of people it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, how it cites its metrics of success and how it reports on mm-hmm. those. Um, does it cite outside evaluations or is it just internal? Internal is not as as well validated we all know that Mm -hmm. um and does it back up its claims and is it more than just a feel good anecdote Mm
1: -hmm.
0: number four is volunteer get involved or do something more than just writing checks Mm -hmm. so this is especially pertinent if you've got more time and less money but think about the skills that you've got and the passions that you have and how those could be put to good Mm -hmm. use
1: even if you like what we were taught you have done before is running to raise money for you ran 10 K's a day to raise money for uh, cancer council. Yeah.
0: So this time last year, I, um, today, this is actually really pertinent. So today is the one year anniversary since we lost my auntie unexpectedly to cancer. Mm. So, um, and I had another family member diagnosed on the other side of my family a few weeks before that. So this Mm. time last year was a really tough time for us. Mm. And we kind of felt like it, it's really interesting because when you're going through something, you think that, it's it's just cancer was omnipresent that's mm. all between the two sides of my family that that's and these two people are absolutely not related mm. um but it just struck us out of the blue and i mean that happens all the time in life yeah. really unfortunate things happen all at once and that's all you can think about but mm. um i felt pretty fed up by it and obviously heartbroken and i think the worst thing about these things is that we're so powerless mm-hmm. beyond getting our regular health checks mm-hmm and making sure that we're staying as safe as we can, we are pretty powerless. So I decided I would run 10k a day for 30 days to Mm -hmm. raise money for Cancer Council Queensland. And I chose them because I love their work. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I had two very special people to me who'd been impacted, let alone the wider family and friends. And number three, you can set up your own fundraiser through their page. Mm -hmm. So obviously, they have... um, like Relay for Life and things like that that are mm-hmm. already established that you could join. But if you decide tomorrow, which is literally what I did, that you wanted to start something, you can set up your own fundraising page. And that yeah. way it's so reliable because no one's giving money to me. Yeah. That went straight to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had a link that I could push people to. So yeah. I felt proud that no one could ever wonder where that money went. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. All I did was post proof on Strava or on the treadmill that mm-hmm. I'd done the distance every day. Mm-hmm. And I liked that because it was truly a challenge. Yeah, that was like physically, I I would not have done it. No, and uh, like I was pushed to absolute breaking point. Yeah. Um, but I did get fitter. Yeah. <laughs> um so for me it was a valid challenge because I would never have chosen to do that yeah. otherwise.
1: But then it's also something that you're in control of which at the time you probably would have wanted to feel that you yeah. could do something. Yeah. I felt to like help. I was doing something yeah. and
0: on the worst days and let me tell you there were a few where like I had to stop for like 15 minutes at a time because I was worried my calf was going to blow out. Yeah. But at every moment I realized that I was I would rather be doing that. I would run 10k a day for the rest of my life if it meant that Anyone else and myself didn't have to go through cancer. Yeah. And I think that's when you know that you're doing something worthwhile, mm-hmm. when you can actually sit there and go, I would pick this, my life, any day over that. And these mm. are the true people that are heroes. Yeah. Literally, I'm just a vessel to get money. Yeah. And we actually ended up, raising over two thousand dollars that's awesome which i was so stoked about because i'm like a little nobody from brisbane (laughs) i had a private instagram account most of the time anyway (laughs) and like that just goes to show that i have really really nice and i don't even have big extended family and i didn't have a boyfriend at the time either guys (laughs) so literally it was just myself with like my mum, my dad, and my brother, yeah, who were very just... generous, that was my only family members that donated, and everyone else was just, like, amazing people from uni that I yeah. wasn't even super close to at the time, came out of the woodwork and gave, like, I'm talking $100 donations from people yeah. at university. Like, That's people at uni don't have much money. And so, like, these are people that stick out in my brain because I'm like, oh, my God, you are so generous mm-hmm. that you would give me, pretty much a stranger to you, that much money. Mm-hmm. And, like, people like yourself, like, yeah. I have amazing friends and friends of friends And I wasn't even working at a big workforce at the time. Like I wasn't at a full-time job. So I really didn't have much means to be able to bring out all this money. Um, And if like I've doubled my circle of friends now, I'm in a relationship and I have firmer friends at work, you know, but like, it just goes to show that literally anyone can do it because it's not like they have a big social media presence or like, you know, Um, but that was great because I was, I felt like I was doing something for it.
1: Yeah. And I think it also um, speaks to that people can relate to how they want to donate money to a cause that they feel for you. Yeah. And I think that that's a, you know, and it obviously helps. And I think everyone wants a cure for cancer. Literally it would serve
0: <laughs> everyone in the, that's the other thing I liked about it. Um, there are obviously very niche charities that need support because yeah. the fact that I go, Oh, that might, that will never happen to me. Yeah. Well, that just means that I'm never going to donate and they'll probably never find a cure because there's less people donating. So I can see both sides of the coin there. But I definitely did think that this is something that everyone, like you said, literally Mm. everyone knows someone. And
1: then I think even if you don't have a lot of time or money, even doing something like donating blood to the Red Cross. Oh, yeah. Amazing. That's like something so simple that you can do. You're saving a life. And yeah. And And you're
0: right. It doesn't take that much time. Yeah. It doesn't take any money. um,
1: No money. And I think it's something really simple that your body's going to produce more of it. And you never know like what when you're going to need it, you never know. Yep. And I never hope that anybody needs extra blood, yep. but at the same time, it's like, there's always people who need it. And Absolutely. Like, it's just one of those things where you can find ways to, if you're time poor and money poor, that you can give money or give something to help without yeah. actually giving something you don't have. Yeah. You know?
0: Another one um, is the Pajama Foundation, which um, facilitates people to go and read with children who are mm. in care systems. Mm. So that's great for people that are going to be teachers one day maybe or people that used to be teachers or that like working with children because you're giving time to a child who's in out of home living mm. with usually with a foster parents and also helping those parents that have selfishly taken on a child by helping them get their homework done. And you're also encouraging their education and their love of literature, which is Mm -hmm. going to help them in the long term. Mm -hmm. And that's free. All you Mm -hmm. need is a car to get there, I guess, or public transport to get there and your time. Um, So that's another really good one when you think about that. And like you said, buying a couple of cans or like some deodorant and taking it to a women's shelter, it's just the difference of a few dollars. If you go to a place like Ali Mm -hmm. Um, and if you've got that, it is really simple my um,
1: sister's been helping um a lot with she your sister is pa- very charitable. Yeah. yep, she creates care packages um at a local church mm-hmm. and they take them to women's shelters. Um, they're they're not women's shelters. they're more. They're domestic violence victims who um, are placed in safe housing mm-hmm. um, and they like can't even really see family or friends because they could be put at risk. Like these are people at really high risk. Mm-hmm. And my sister said sometimes just like getting a small package with just some food in it, they cry mm. because they just really don't have anything. Like it's, it's really, really sad. And yep. it's also another reason why I think that even though you might not have been affected by it, you don't know what like how big of an impact yeah. you doing what you're doing can make in somebody's life. Like it yep. could literally stop them from, I saw this video the other day. Um, it's not to do with donating, but, um, to, well, it sort of is, but, uh, it's basically this girl who had depression and she was going to, she was literally about to, she wrote goodbye letters. Yep. She was going to commit suicide and for some reason, her dad knocked on the door of her bedroom and told her how much he loved her and how special she was. This is, like, going to make me cry because it's so sad. Mm. And how special she was. And she did this video and she told him that if he hadn't have come into her room at the mo- at that moment, she wouldn't be there. Like, there's so many people who, like, even those help lines mm. um that you can donate money to them to help so there's so many people who or volunteer to work on them yeah exactly and and you don't know what kind of difference you can make in somebody's life um in a matter of seconds you know yeah um that can stop them from doing something or even um just caught like ha- make them have a smile on their face for the day or for mm. the week you know you, you never know
0: and you're changing it seems small but um in that instance it's a matter mm. of life or death mm-hmm. um but even the fact that someone believes in you and wants you to get through this can change your whole mindset and that person might go on to um you know change other things about their life that help them to be Mm long-term healthier and happier
1: and then you never know what kind of impact that person can put into society into the rest of the world yeah
0: so we've got a web page here from the good cause co and they basically have done the groundwork for us Mm. and they've um checked out a lot of the things about charities that we just mentioned Mm -hmm. to have a look at some of Australia's best. And so I'll rattle off a few, but I will, I will post this because this is from 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, so the Australian Red Cross Society, Mm -hmm. Beyond Blue, which I think is amazing, Bush Heritage Australia. So that buys and manages land and also partners with Aboriginal people to conserve magnificent landscapes and irreplaceable Mm -hmm. native Mm -hmm. species. Wow. Camp yeah. Quality, which is a, a cancer support for children and their yeah. families Care Australia, which works around the globe to save lives, defeat poverty and achieve social justice mm-hmm. uh, Foundation for Rural and Regional Renewal which harnesses the power of collective investment between government, businesses and philanthropy to improve the lives of those living in rural, regional and remote Australia mm-hmm. International Women's Development Agency, which is a feminist charity that works to progress the rights of women and girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mission Australia, which I'm sure we've all heard of, but yeah. it's a national Christian charity helping Australians in need move towards independence. Mm-hmm. The Peter Mack Cancer Foundation, which undertakes cancer research, education and treatment. Um, that's They have a public hospital in Melbourne solely dedicated to caring oh, for wow. people affected by cancer. Reach Out is an online mental health organisation for young people and their parents. Um, so they provide very hands-on practical support, tools and tips helping young people get through anything from everyday issues to tough times. Mm. The Sacred Heart Mission. Uh, the Fred Hollows Foundation, which we would have heard yeah. about as well. So they work to end avoidable blindness and assist Indigenous Australians to exercise their right to good health. Mm-hmm. The Smith family, uh, they create opportunities for young Australians in need by providing long-term support for participation in education. Mm-hmm. Surf Life Saving Foundation, yeah, which is massive That's in Australia and in our coastal regions. So They mm-hmm. work to save lives, create great Australians and build better
1: communities. And mm-hmm. that one
0: gives me the chills because they put their lives at risk when our surf lifesavers go out into yeah. rips to save people.
1: And all the people oh, apart from ones who like in Bondi they have paid ones but they still have the volunteers oh
0: I grew up Everyone. near Harvey Bay and they were all volunteers yeah. and they were never getting on Bondi <laughs> Rescue you know and like they're the true heroes to me yeah, because they're giving definitely. up their Sunday yeah. they're working six days a week one of those is for free yeah to keep people like myself swimming and triathlon yeah. safe
1: it's amazing yeah
0: and the last one that they mention here is your town which a lot of older people might remember is Boys Town mm-hmm. um, so they provide services to young people across Australia to find jobs learn skills and become great parents to live um, safer, happier lives. Mm. And they actually used to be a client of mine when I worked in media. And I can say, even from the inside, their business model is geared toward directly helping these people. Yeah. So they do a lot of prize homes and they're beautiful. And actually, if you um, buy a ticket in your town, you have a much better chance of winning that than in winning a lotto. So that's a PSA to everyone out there that mm-hmm. your town is worth your investment. Um, and they are like a truly, truly amazing foundation.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of foundations out there that I've never even heard of some of those just because I think they're not maybe advertised as much or they don't come across my page, you know, Um, just in terms of me not searching for those kinds of things. But it's really interesting that there's so many charities that reach out to so many different groups. And I think it's like amazing opportunity to be able to help so many people.
0: Yeah. So we hope that you've taken something from this. Mm. I know we would really love to do something that raises money, but I feel like I'm not sure. Like, I'd love to do another challenge, but mm. I'm worried that asking for money from people right now is tone deaf.
1: Yeah. It like it's not um, in the best interest of everybody who is struggling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So maybe if you've got any um, ideas about mm. good charities that you know of and you'd like us to support if there's anything you do that can, that you think more of us should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe your ideas about how we go about navigating charities and donating mm-hmm. in 2020 amidst or financial and health and safety concerns, because mm-hmm. a lot of um, charities have been Demobilized even in terms of volunteering with yeah. space limitations, and obviously, people mm-hmm. in Melbourne and wider Victoria can't really do any of that right now, no. so money is the best option there. Um, but if you've got any ideas on any of this, we'd really, really love to hear your thoughts because I think we're both really passionate about this, and yeah. we know that this hasn't necessarily been a sugary episode. But, um, when we wanted to create this podcast, we did want to talk about things that, um, I guess it's broader friendship and yeah, it has a social purpose, mm-hmm. so um,
1: things that make a difference, yeah, There's it's just things that you know, we can have fun talking about. And I think that this is a very, I think things that make a difference too so, so that we just can, imp- uh, what is it called? Like Im- create change, like positive change. Yeah, yeah. positive
0: change. Yeah. And positive change for some weeks for us is as, is as interesting as talking about red flags yeah. and how to end a friendship. <laughs> and then other weeks it's like, okay, but how do we help other people in need?
1: Yeah, so and to have conversations that can we are talking about this, and then hopefully, you can go and talk to your friends and family and actually like cause change, you yeah, know, instead of just it being something that you think about but don't know how to talk about. Yeah,
0: and we wanted to talk about it as well because we need to wrap our heads around it more, mm. um, especially as we're becoming older now. And we are like adults, and it's up to us to, to make a difference in the world yeah. in the ways that we can. Exactly. And I think we need to focus on
1: how we can, not how we can't. So, yeah. um, hopefully, I think that- it's been a bit optimistic even though it's quite heavy something that someone told me one time that I thought was really nice is that um now when you're like you know if we're not earning that much now if we're not looking to help people now and we say oh we'll do it later when we have more money the habits you create now when you're not when you don't have money will flow into when you do if that makes sense yep. so like for me trying to help people now means that when I have more I'll be able to help people even more mm. But if you don't help people from now, you might not ever help them because you'll always have an excuse as why you can't, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, I hope that everyone has a nice weekend. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.